you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. It's Friday, October the 7th, and you are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. Two guests with us today. One, a former Walter Payton Man of the Year Award winner. The other, a guy who has a handful of mint condition Walter Payton football cards. Nice. (laughs) 16-year NFL vet Thomas Davis Sr. and the host of the NFL Explained podcast, Mikey M. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you for having us. I'm fired up, man. Let's roll. Here we go. Coming up on the pod, your official viewer's guide to week five in the NFL. Game picks, scores included, stat projections from Cynthia Freeland, fantasy hot sauce from Adam Rank, and a Hall of Fame guest, the originator of the Lambo Leap, Leroy Butler. We will hopefully get the story on Lambo Leap Genesis. Are you kidding me? That's nice. Amazing. But first, gentlemen, my dating history before I met and married my extraordinary wife tells the story of a man who strung together one bad relationship after another. A man who stayed in those relationships much longer than he ever should have. A man who wasted valuable years of his life in the process. Now, why do I share this tidbit of personal shame? Because that's exactly how I felt yet again last night. Sometimes a game can be, at least at this point, so bad, it's almost good. You know what I'm saying? No. Feelings of despair and futility conjured up yet again when I realized way too late, late in the fourth quarter, that I don't have to be watching this. I don't have to give my time to this masquerade ball of orange and white partygoers who admittedly looked like NFL players but clearly were imposters. And no, I have no evidence to support that claim, but I have the scoreline, 12-9. I have wrinkles under my eyes and I have rancor in my heart in the end. Somehow, someway, the Indianapolis Colts pull out a 12-9 victory. Seems quite clear, gentlemen, that the Colts and the Broncos together beat us. All of us, senseless. Oh, man. So, Thomas Davis, with that in mind, I turn to you, and I'm begging you as a colleague and a friend, please find something, anything about what we saw at Mile High that could soothe my soul, soften my language, and humble my unrepentant righteousness. What did we see last night? Man, it, was, it was a mess, but one of the things that I took away from that game that I was excited to see Um, Being a defensive guy, I was excited to see Stephon Gilmore kind of return to, you know, what we expected from Stephon Gilmore. You know, in this offseason, he didn't have a lot of takers. He didn't have a lot of people beating down the door to sign Stephon Gilmore for whatever reason. And all he does is every time he's on the field, field, he continues to show up for his team. And he showed up for the Colts in big ways in the fourth quarter and in overtime. Wilson to the end zone, and it's intercepted by Gilmore. It looked like he was running the route, Thomas, when you saw the replay, right? He's outright. He does a curl route himself and blindly steps in front of the pass as if he read 
Russell Wilson's eye with his eyes in the back of his head made a huge pick, which allowed Matt Ryan and the Colts to go down and kick the game, tying at that point field goal and get them into overtime. Mike Yam, yeah. give me something positive to take away from it because I'm struggling to I, find it today. There's actually a lot of positives that oh I could goodness. take away. I don't away. believe you for here's, a second. Here's what ahead. I'll tell you. Number one, you're allowed to swipe left, and apparently you forgot about that function <laughs> with your dating life. Michael, I'm uh, so when it comes old. To I games. predate swiping left. Are you kidding me? You swipe been, left? You could have been swiping been left on this game you know we there's that old adage right you know we got we got the baseball postseason upon us you know chicks dig the long ball right we heard that for years there's a whole marketing campaign yeah, around with it. greg maddox no less yeah, exactly you know we always talk about offensive skill position players on total access we love them up on nfl network td you know this better than anyone there's nothing wrong with a couple of defensive players showing out and we actually saw plenty of those moments last night fires broken up in the end zone gilmore on sutton Here's the reason why I did not swipe left on this game. It is very rare when I am actually asked on Total Access to give a pick and a prediction. The other day, someone said to me on our social media team, hey, Mike, like, who do you got in this game? And I said, you know what? I'm going to go with the Colts. You know why? Because I've been swiping left on the Denver Broncos all season and all offseason long. I decide to swipe right. Then I find out Jonathan Taylor's not playing. And I get a little, I get a little nervous. You doubted yourself. I did. I did. I said to M. Rob, and I said, "Hey, man, who do you got?" Not that I should be taking anyone else's picks, mm-hmm. but I would just feel better if someone else came aboard my train yes. and said, "You know what? We're going to roll with you." And, and M. Rob's like, "No, man, I got the Broncos." I said, "Was that before you heard about Jonathan Taylor?" He goes, "No, no, no. I had them before hearing about the injury." And I said, "You know what? Screw it. I'm going to roll. I'm going to roll with the Colts." So at the end of that game, when they were victorious, and we were talking about the Gilmore deal, I said, "You know what? For once." I can say that I was right about something, but it was damn ugly at times watching that game. It was ugly, but Thomas Davis, I have to, in all seriousness, thank you for your perspective because it's absolutely right. An old-school slugfest like we saw at Mile High has to excite the likes of you. That's what you did for your entire career, was trying to keep people out of the end zone, trying to force teams to put three on the board instead of six. One of the things I think people don't really pay attention to it you you really don't know unless you've been a part of this game is the defensive coordinator for the for the coach is now Gus Bradley and I played for Gus Bradley Gus Bradley is a coach that really coaches a philosophy of bend but don't break he will sit and force a team to be patient and dink and dunk you but they're defending the deep ball they're taking that away so a lot of people are looking at Russ and thinking like hey Russ doesn't have it anymore. Russ just can't do it anymore. Well, you have to look at sometimes who he's facing and what they like to do defensively. And Gus Bradley doesn't allow his teams to give up the deep ball. He played uh, predominantly a three-deep system that really forces quarterbacks' hands. That's why you see whenever Patrick Mahomes played against the Chargers or whenever Patrick Mahomes just played against Denver, like he struggles with teams that force them to do certain things like that. Not Denver, against the Colts. He struggles when teams forces him to do that. That's why the Colts were able to win that game as well. And I think a lot of times, you know, we kind of lose sight of that and we just want to go because people love, like you just talked about, like people love looking at, a lot of points being scored. They love looking at the big plays being thrown downfield. And that's why the game for someone that loves offense seemed boring. But as a defensive guy, I love the defensive battle. You must hate the modern vernacular of the NFL because we always talk about skill position players as quarterback, running back, wide receiver. And you guys are sitting on the other side of the ball saying, uh, you want to have a a look at the skills Nobody more skilled than the linebackers in this league. I can promise you that, especially the 4-3 guys. 
Like we're 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 asked to do just as much, if not more, than a cornerback in the NFL's game today. You know, we're asked to come downhill. We have to take on linemen. We have to be able to cover. We have to be able to play one-on-one. We have to be able to blitz. We got to be able to rush. We have to be able to do all of those things. And I don't think people really factor in that when you think of skilled positions, but you have to be skilled in order to do that. I'm just kind of curious here because you mentioned that, Ben, but don't break defense from a Colts perspective. And I know it's easy because what I don't want you to tell me is say, hey, like, hey, it's that next play. Because I I get that it is. But late in that game, they gave up those two explosives. And I'm sitting there going, that hasn't happened in this game. And I'm like, did Russ just pick up on something defensively? Like, what happens when you're on the field and you get burned for two big plays that are setting them up for a potential another score to basically put the game out of reach? You, 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 You have to look at the plays, though. Inside the 30 goes Jerry Judy. One of the plays was to Jerry Judy. It was a throwback play. They had to create something that they took the cornerbacks upfield that took them away, and then they slipped Jerry Judy out on the backside because they knew that they were playing three deep. And that's the way that you're going to be three deep. You bring the guy that these cornerbacks and these linebackers can't see from the opposite side. That was one of their big plays. Wilson, screen, room for Gordon. Melvin Gordon to midfield. Another big play they had, they threw a screen play. Those are the kind of plays within whatever defensive scheme. Is sometimes you they, they, they have a play that just beats those plays, and players have to do their job and beat a certain man, beat a block to make that tackle to get them on the ground to try to limit their production. But they were able to come away with those big plays, and another play we saw was a Hail Mary type throw. Wilson going deep downfield into a lot of traffic, and somehow, someway, it is caught inside the 25-yard line. Cortland Sutton just went up and, and, and literally mossed his own teammate and took that ball away from <laughs> unbelievable catch but those are kind of plays that you know sometimes happen but when those plays happen when august bradley coached defense what do you do after that do you allow them to get seven points and and, and finish in the end zone or do you preach a philosophy that's field goals or takeaways and that's his philosophy you and you get in the red zone you got to hold them to a field goal or you got to take the ball away it was a studly defensive game. I mean, it was. You know, there was even those moments where the Colts are about to score there in the red zone, back to back sacks. That was wild to me. Ryan nearly gets sacked and then does get sacked. Ryan's going to get sacked again, and that's going to pretty much take him out of field goal range. I would imagine you were going nuts. You got a blocked field goal in this game. And look, of all things, that one gets blocked. Once again, we're always talking about skill position players on the offensive side. You can make an argument that if you were paying attention to that game, there were some incredible individual moments from both defenses where I think there's some positives both teams and fan bases can take away. You know, another thing that really stood out to me from this game, too, is, is honestly that, that I think don't get talked about enough is the toll that playing Thursday night games have taken on the players' bodies this yeah. season. If you look at the number of guys that have gone down in these Thursday night games, um, I think it really speaks to, you know, how NFL players need time to just really recover and get prepared for the next game. So um, hopefully, you know, they don't, that's not a trend that we continue to see. But we saw the stretcher and the cart come out way too many times last yeah. night to take players off the field. They were a combined six for 31 on third downs, the Colts oh. and the Broncos last night. Gruesome stats. But again, I think... I think what Thomas Davis is inviting us to do is to reframe what we saw. And yet, the narrative in the nation today, in the National Football League, and certainly amongst its many millions of fans, is that what we saw from Russell Wilson, yet again, 
was failure when it counted most. We saw K.J. Hamler slamming his helmet down in the back of the end zone. Mere disappointment, or was it disrespect? I think it was a combination of both. Um, because as an NFL player, whenever you put yourself in a position to be wide open, as K.J. Hamler was in that position, you want your quarterback to have enough confidence in you to come to you yes, when the sir. game is on the line. But what we saw, Russ had developed confidence in Cortland Sutton. That was his guy. He locked in on Sutton, and he knew in that moment when this game is on the line, this is the guy that I want to try to get the ball to. Whether it was a Tyler Lockett-type situation or DK Metcalf from when he was in Seattle, those were his go-to guys. When the game were on the line, we knew, hey, Russ is going to try to find DK. He's going to try to get the ball to this guy. And that's kind of what it was a gift and a curse because – it forced Russ to lock in on one guy where opposed, if he would have just looked to his right just a little bit, he would have saw KJ running free, running wide open, and then that would have left the honest on KJ, what he was going to do in that situation. Because if Russ had enough confidence in all of those guys, he never would have locked in on one man. So it's something that's that people don't see. You know, something happened in practice. Something happened in another game where Russ just didn't feel confident enough to even look his way. And I think that really speaks to that. After the game, yet again, Russell Wilson, you could argue, bravely faced the music and said, You know, I know I'm a winner. I know that I'm a battler. I know that, I, I know that I'm going to keep going and keep believing. There's so much season left, like I said. Um, there's so much opportunity left. And uh, I believe in these guys every day. And I know they believe in me, too. We believe in each other. Um, uh, you know, and so yeah, I'm looking forward to, to turning it around. I'm looking forward to turning it around because we, when, we, when we do, um, it's going to be a special story when we do. There's a lot of great guys in that locker room that work their butts off every day. Um, and, uh, and just to have the opportunity to help lead them, even though I didn't get to do it tonight the, w the right way I wanted to and the way I know how to, um, you know, I'm grateful for them battling for every moment, every play, and they kept believing to the last play. And um, that belief is a, is a powerful thing. And uh, that's what I'm going to keep believing in. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Broncos country. That's right. Walked off. It struck many as leaving a false note in the air, false bravado, false confidence. Do you buy it? What did you take away from Russell after the game? That's Russell Wilson. I mean, are you kidding me? You, uh, hell, you were on the football field. You've matched up against him, TD. You know yeah. exactly what I'm talking about. Like, this is what he has sold every fan out there. He's a good dude who is a winner, who has taken a team to a Super Bowl, can carry a franchise, deserves to be compensated like a franchise player, checks all of those boxes. But sometimes there's a lack of substance around the actual play. And I, I think that's the one thing that Broncos fans, and I've been sort of surprised. I said I was swiping left on, <laughs> on the Broncos in this offseason. I looked at that division and said, really? Like, that's the team? We had analysts, guys who played, and, and TV, you know, man, like, I, I respect all of you guys and the opinion that you bring because you know what it's like to be on, on the football field. As a football fan, I've watched the, the Russell Wilson, I've watched the Broncos, and I've seen the other teams in that division and said, damn, you guys really like this squad more than some of the other ones? And I just didn't feel it and didn't see it. And the struggles that they have in the red zone, I, I, I don't know how you explain it. And Russ has no choice because they just gave him like $200 million to be positive. Like, there's still a lot of season left. Hell, I, I can storyboard the Raiders figuring out ways to get to the postseason. I could still do the same for this Broncos team. But I, 
I think no fan should be surprised by what he said at the end of the game. The sound around the Denver Broncos would suggest that this is a drowning 0-5 football team, and yet they are 2-3. and three. Yeah. They are very much in the mix in a confusing, maybe less confusing now that we're seeing the Chiefs become the Chiefs again, AFC West. Um, lots to play for, as you intimated. My question to you, last question on this game is this. As a player, a tough win without your best player, Jonathan Taylor. You found a win. That could be a very galvanizing thing for a Colts team. This could be dangerous for anybody facing the Colts in these next four or five weeks, or am I overstating that? No, you're absolutely right. When you go out and you play in a tough, ugly game like that, and you still find a way to win the game, and like you just stated, you don't have Jonathan Taylor, who was arguably one of the best offensive players in all of the NFL last season. And then you factor in Shaquille Back, yeah. Leonard not being there. You know, not having him on that field has been a huge difference from the, for this coach defense. And yet, and still, they found a way to win a football game. They found a way to get it done. And now you can take solace in knowing, like, hey, once we get those guys back and now we're teaching other guys around them how to win in tough situations with, without our star players, then the sky is really the limit for this football team as we continue to gel, as we continue to put uh, pieces in places to accomplish some of the things that we want to accomplish. But when you look at this Denver team, it's kind of who I want to talk about. And for them offensively, the weapons that they have, when I looked at having a Drew Lock led team start the season or a Teddy Bridgewater led team start the season 3-0 and and we started we kind of saw them sputter right and you think like hey we get Russell Wilson a guy that's proven in this league that he can get the job done get him in this position with KJ Hamler you get him in this position with Jerry Judy with Cortland Sutton just having all these weapons around them and you think that instantly that it's going to happen that it's going to flourish but I think this really speaks to you have to get in and you have to do the work you have to have the continuity you can do it all day in in no padded practices and you can look great on film but when it comes time to making the right decision when the game is on the line when you're in pressure situations those are some of the things that takes time and when you look at Russell he's going to figure it out they're not the biggest disappointment for me and what they've been doing with him, they haven't allowed him to have the freedom to move around and create. That's when Russell is at his best. When he has the ball in his hand, he's able to run around. He's able to, to get out of the pocket and yep. find guys down the field. That's when he's at his best. And they haven't created plays that would allow him to do that. And therefore, that's why this offense is struggling. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. This is NFL Total Access, the podcast, and today we offer you Friday answers to Sunday questions like who wins, what's the score, who will star, and who's on upset alert? Mike Yam, Thomas Davis, Adam Rank, MJ Acosta-Ruiz, and David Carr, take it away. All right, what about the Chargers and the Browns? What do you got in this one? So in this matchup, I hope that the Chargers are able to get Keenan Allen back, and that's why I chose the Chargers 30-21. to 21. 
Yeah, the Chargers were able to get off the mat with a huge win over the Houston Texans. But give me the Browns in a close one, 22-20 to 20 behind the running of Nick Chubb, as Cynthia was talking about just a moment ago. Okay, All right, okay. let's move on to the – who are we moving on to? Cowboys and the Rams. Mm. Big game here. The Cowboys have been playing extremely well. I mean, behind Cooper Rush, he's undefeated. But I think this is going to be the week that Cooper Rush goes down. He loses his first game to the Rams. I think the Rams are going to win this one 26-18. Yeah, I'm in a similar boat. I think the Cowboys have been playing very well. They're going, they got the best player on the defensive side of the football going up against one of the worst offensive lines. But for some reason, I got the Rams winning this one 27-24. Vibes only. That's the only way, the only way I feel about that. All right, Steelers-Bills is the next one. You this- saw them talking about Kenny Pickett. Who do you got going This here? next game, I've been singing Kenny Pickett's praises. I've been saying that he needed to be back into yeah. the starting line. Well, not back into He needed to be inserted into the in. starting lineup uh, because he gives that team the better chance to win. With all of that said, though, <laughs> I'm still going with the Buffalo Bills because I know Sean McDermott. I know he's going to blitz Kenny Pickett a lot, and they haven't done well with the blitz. So I'm going the Buffalo Bills 28-14 to 14 in this one. Yeah, that's one of the things. When you have a, a rookie or anybody backup quarterback come in you get, a, you get a shot of life. You're like, okay, everything's different. But when you have an opportunity to scheme against a guy and the Bills went out there and did just that, give me the Bills 35-17 in a romp over the Steelers, okay. welcoming Kenny Pickett to the NFL. Bengals and Ravens. All right, let's kick this thing off here. TD, who are you going with? 27-21 Ravens. Lamar Jackson has been playing phenomenal all season long. But the Bengals are picking it up. That's why I kept this one kind of close. Yeah. But I cannot pick against Lamar in this one. It's hard to pick against Lamar Jackson. It's almost impossible. Except I'm going to do it right oh, now. Oh, Give me the Bengals. 31-30. to Joe Burrow is magnificent in primetime. He's 2-1. This will be his first time on Sunday Night Football, but he's averaged over 300 passing yards per game. He's been magnificent in prime time, so that's why I'm going with Joe Burrow. Ravens, by the way, they've struggled at home recently. They've lost now five straight going back to last season. Longest streak in franchise history. I kind of already know where one of you guys is going in this game. Bears, Vikings, how we rolling? I'm going to take a couple steps over on this. (laughs) I'm going 21-7 Vikings. Justin Jefferson oh. has just been too much, and I just haven't seen enough on that Bears defense you know what, that says that they're going to be able to stop him, right? It's very true, and I come in here with muted tones. I'm wearing a, a shade of purple with the lilac. So, of course, as I sit here and I walk before you humbly and say, give me the Bears, 1917. I'm not giving up on this. You know what the Bears are in? They're, they're, they're in the mode where they're killing it on the driving range because Matt Eberflus said during – his press conference on Friday that they're playing well in practice. It just hasn't translated to the games. It's eventually going to get there. Eventually, you just start flushing them. Eventually, right. it'll eventually happen. Maybe this it. is the week. It's time, time to crown them. we got to crown a winner for this game between the Giants well, and the Packers. In it's a tough decision. Yes. Who are it's you a tough running? decision. And, and this guy, Aaron Rodgers, has historically been the king. But I'm going to go with the New York Football Giants because Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones, someone is going to step up, changing the guard. (laughs) And that's really what it's about, right? If they're going to figure out who they really are as a good football team, they're 3-1, they feel like they have a chance to go all the way. you got to beat these guys. you got it 20-17, Giants. Okay, I know. But Roy Butler was, was just I know. here. I hope he's not I listening he's to not. me. Hopefully he's um, not here anymore. I don't know. Okay, let me just take this off for one second. Oh, yeah, that's of it. Of course, you know yeah, I was going to put you. this on. Yeah. But they can't wear two crowns at the same time because I am oh, taking the Giants. Wow. This uh, I think you talked about it earlier. They're going to feed Saquon Barkley. Yes. They're going to really 
push to make sure that he is highlighted. That's right. It's the way to go. It's the it best is, and schematically they can do exactly. it. Exactly. It's been great. 22-19, the final Nice, score Nice close me. game, too. We don't want this thing to get into the 30s, so that's good. Double crown. I didn't think it was going to happen. All right. <laughs> I love it. We will continue to take in London for you. Make sure you tune into the game as well. But, Yammer, I'll send it back to you and how you guys see this playing out. Yeah, terrific job by you, yeah. both of you guys. Looking forward to seeing both of you guys back here in L.A. next week. I actually, oh, I got a text, MJ. UK NFL shirt sizes. Medium, large, XL? Uh, large. First of all, large. medium. Large. Okay. Slender tone. Medium. I was just throwing that out there. All right. Thank you. We got a couple G-men picks here. What do we got? MJ and David just rubbing it in how great of a time they're having. But I'm going ahead and I'm <laughs> going to pick the Packers 24 to 17. 24 to 17, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I gotta. I I can't even make any jokes about this. 28-20, Green Bay Packers. I think they've been running the ball very effectively. I don't think the Giants will be able to run the bootlegs like they did last week against the Bears. Yeah. We interrupt this podcast for a moment of fantasy reality. Fantasy managers, this is your weekly gut check. This is your Friday helping of hot sauce. And Adam Rank has only one question: Can you stomach? The truth. Where's the applause? <laughs> this is the most over segment. You want to know why? Listen, it's not about the yelling. It's not about the screaming. Last week, I told you guys to start over Tom Brady, Geno Smith, Jared Goff. All those guys crushed it. So why don't you listen to me when nice. I tell you four guys you can start over Matthew Stafford this week. And we'll start with the mild, the human milkshake himself, Kirk Cousins. I don't necessarily love the matchup this week going up against the Chicago Bears. You might want to saunter into that, but still... There should be enough points scored in this one. I know the Bears haven't been very prolific, but still, get him into your lineup this week if you can. Now, Geno Smith is a little spicy this week. A little spicy. He's got a tough matchup going up against the New Orleans Saints. It's not one that I would prefer, but I think that Geno has now proven that he is a starter for you each and every week. So, again... Start him over. Matthew no. Stafford. Okay, right. That was a terrible one. Three alarm. Hold on. We're, hold on. We're waiting for three alarm. And here's the three alarm one. The toss was brutal. <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, nobody wants to talk about Teddy Two Gloves, but he is going to be a great option for you this week. The Miami Dolphins have two of the best wide receivers in the game. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. Both those guys popped up on the injury report, but I am confident that they will be starting. They've got a good man. What? What, is, what do you sauce say? Gardner. Right? Not, sauce, not Gardner. Feeling... sauce Gardner. Sauce Gardner. Sauce Gardner. It's a sauce. Sauce Gardner is one man. It, is it Teddy still? Bridgewater. It takes a team. I don't know, right? Sauce Gardner. You got to come with it on this one, right? It's time. Okay. For El Diablo himself. Oh. Zach Wilson. Okay. Let's get weird. Let's get weird with Zach Wilson. I love the way the Jets' offense has played this season. They've done a great job of constructing this team to put points on the board. We saw last week he caught. A pass. He is multi-dimensional. Zach Wilson is your guy. And by the way, if you really want to get, you really want to go crazy, start Billy Zappi. No. Okay. suit just totally upstaged your entire segment. Oh, oh is that Thomas all right? You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. 
Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. This is NFL Total Access, the podcast, and we invite to the stage now the maven of mathematics, Cynthia Freeland. The mic is yours. Time for a little more or less. The queen of numbers, Cynthia Freeland, is with us. I'm the only one who gives you that title, correct? You, uh, yes. Okay. You like bestowed it. upon Just me that title. Coining Thank you. something. Yes. Tyreek Hill, more or less than 90 yards receiving. What do we got? Okay, so we're going to go less here. Six receptions, 81 yards, and a touchdown. Still a really good projection here. Now, I'm going to say part of the reason why is I think the strategy will be a little bit different. New guy under center. We're going to have to see what goes on. But let's also give a little bit of love to the corners for the Jets who have been playing. White strong. It'll be fun to see uh, Hill continuing to add to that total, just given that peace sign on the way out. Devontae Adams, more or less than 80 receiving yards. Well, slightly more. I have 82 receiving yards forecast for him. Seven receptions, 82, and a touchdown. I'm looking at this Chiefs defense, and I'm looking at what the game script projected is, and I think there's going to be a lot of throws for the Raiders. I'm glad... There's no car here for me you know, to talk uh, about his brother. Yeah. But in the He's second listening. half, so a lot of targets, and they almost always go to Devontae Adams. So. Uh, Ten-plus targets in three out of the last four games for him. Nick Chubb, more or less than 85 yards rushing. Let's go just a little bit more here. Okay. Again, I have 88 rushing yards forecast for him as well. A rushing touchdown and then one reception for 11 yards here as well. The Chargers have been very generous to opposing rushers. This is a very, very strong rushing team. So it's kind of, you know, one team's plus versus another team's question mark. So advantage goes to Chubb. Yeah, just a buck 18. I shouldn't say just. A buck just, 18 just. last weekend. You expect that, more, uh, you know. In the matchup uh, Mikey, the I'm calling for more. Come on. Where, you need more. Now, he's on. not one of my running backs as long as I'm not facing him in my week. That's a win for Eagles and Cardinals. Over-under set at 48 and a half. Which way are you leaning? I have 27-24. Eagles win this one. So that is more. That is 51 points. So that is an over for me. I'm so glad you're doing the addition for me so that I don't I got have you. to freak I got out you. about that. Niners and Panthers, uh, 38 and a half. Something tells me you're going a little, little lower. Yeah, a little bit lower in this one. I have 23 to 15. That's 38. So it's a little bit lower. I'm worried about injury concerns in this one. Yeah, that Niners defense has been really good, allowing 11 points or fewer in each of the last three games. Raiders and Chiefs, 51 and a half. Something tells me, let's go. Let's, yeah, let's I like, we like up. points. I have yeah. 30 to 22. The Chiefs win this one, so that's 52 points. That is more, so over in this one as well. Yeah, Lots of points. Uh, something tells me the Chiefs alone, the way that offense has been rolling, it's going to be a <laughs> lot of fun to watch. Saturday morning from Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, Giants and Packers exclusively on NFL Network. 9.30 Eastern, tune in for the game, but get ready now. You got problems? Listen up. This man wore leg braces and rode in a wheelchair as a child, and yet he grew up to earn a bust and the accompanying yellow jacket as a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. You cannot expect an impartial take on Sunday's game, but you can expect greatness from Leroy Butler. Mr. Lamborghini himself <laughs> joining us right now on NFL Total Access from London. Pro Football Hall of Fame's very own Leroy Butler. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, Last time we saw you was the night you got announced yes, as an inductee, yes. and now you're rocking yeah. the Hall of Fame uh, jacket. It's a fresh jacket, man. I love yeah, it. it. Looks you good know, on you. I, I, they don't let you wear the gold jacket all the time, so you <laughs> like to stand in to do this, so I, I love it. I love it. More I love casual. It. Look, we've seen a lot of Packers fans already yes. here yep. in London ahead of the game on yes. Sunday. Is that surprising you at all? Not at all. Mm-hmm. We're the last team to come internationally, and Packers fans, we got to go home at some point. <laughs> Y'all got everybody over here. You need it. 
auntie. I saw dogs over with Packer stuff over. Everybody. But we love it because of the history. Mm-hmm. The yeah. history of what this game means to the NFL. So Packer fans, we're having fun. Well, obviously a long, illustrious career. And it yeah. sounds to me like you do love your Packers. Now, yes, you've been credited with a lot of good plays on defense, yeah. right? A lot of big times. Oh, phenomenal plays that really rejuvenated that crowd, but you also are credited with creating the Lambo Leap. Mm-hmm. Is that yeah. your greatest accomplishment? Uh, it has to be, only because you it. need the fans. Yes, absolutely. Because I love the fans, and we don't have owners. There's 31 other teams that have owners. We have our fans. That's right. You can actually buy stock into the team. That's right. And it means something to us. So every time they buy something with that G on it, it's our fabric yeah. and our brand. That's why I love the love Lambo Leap. And love shout that. out to Robert Brooks, too, for trademarking it, too. That's my guy. That. Yeah, yeah. You know, the stance here, I was at the game last Sunday, are a little bit high, but I feel like folks can do it. We saw a couple of players do it on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Any advice, though, if you are going just a little bit higher as what they're calling now the London Leap for this yes. game only? Well, I would say go to a, some people who are ready for it. If Ooh, you jump into the crowd and the fans have no idea and they got a thing of um, fish and chips, it yeah. may go wrong. Or don't okay? jump into the Giants, right? Yeah, exactly. exactly. You, go, you go sideways exactly. and jump into the Giants crowd with fish and chips. Yes. Jump to your fans. <laughs> So they're prepared for it. Right. So I think it'll be fun, though. I'm so, excited. So when we look at the offense, right, you obviously, again, Packers fan, yes, you're watching yes. it, you watch this offense, because they're trying to yes. figure themselves out, yeah. right? They're trying to figure out who we are as an offense. What is your take so far this season with where that offense is at? Well, we were talking off camera that your brother is on my fantasy team. That's right. Mm-hmm. So That's right. Aaron Rodgers may not be on a, pe- a lot of people's fantasy teams, David, because he's not going to throw for 400 yards a week. Yeah. Every week it's going to be different. Right. It may be 255. As a matter of fact, he's thrown you know interceptions, some we haven't seen. Right. But he's winning games. Yeah. And that's the most yeah. important thing. So this offense is about running the football. They have two dynamic running backs. He was my fantasy QB last year, and yeah. I won the league. Now I'm 0-4. That's another story. <laughs> Still petty about it. Let's yeah. go over to the other side of the ball because yeah. the safe, uh, the defense here is supposed to be pretty good, yeah. especially up against a guy like Saquon Barkley. Real yeah. quick, can they shut him down? I think they're going to have to. Put everything on Daniel Jones. Make him beat you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the biggest things. That's the game plan, pretty much. That's yeah, it. That's right. Stick to it. You heard it from the Hall of Famer himself. Monday, we will sift through the rubble of Sunday clashes and reconstruct the truth about the greatest league in the world of sport, no matter how hard the Colts and Broncos tried to mess with that. I want to thank today's guest, the host of the NFL Explained podcast, Michael Yam, and of course, the legend, Thomas Davis Sr. Guys, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having us, man. I yeah, appreciate it. I always have a blast with you, man. Till Monday, ciao for now. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 